If we think ourselves to be of God and we look at another person who is not of God or seems to not be of God, often we can become very judgmental and rigid toward the other person. If we think by our own will we chose God, we can especially be rigid toward that person who has not chosen God. The problem is we don't have charity toward that person. We don't understand if we do that. We don't understand that we didn't choose God. He chose us. He chose us when we were sinners. He didn't choose us because we were righteous. He caused us to be righteous after he revealed himself to us and opened our eyes and showed us that we are sinners. And then we repented and agreed with God. God spoke a very simple word to me in 1975, causing me to be born again. I had been baptized in water when I was 15 and thought I was a Christian. But my life didn't change. I pursued my own desires. I really never thought about the will of God that I can remember prior to the time God revealed himself to me. I sometimes attended church, but I really didn't think about God in my life or what I was doing or was it the will of God until 1975 and God said to me, Joan, you know these mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sins. And I said, oh, sins. And I was changed instantly, born again. My cousin, a Church of Christ member, all her life, from the time she was born, she was taken to church by her mother. And she attended church all the remainder of her life did not understand being born again. She really thought that we do things of God by our own will, and this causes us to be the church. Therefore, she was a little rigid and hostile toward people that didn't seem to be the church because she felt like if you wanted to be the church, you could be the church. She did not understand salvation for all of us is of God. And many people in churches are that way. They think it's by their own will. You can go to church and you can be baptized. You can join the church. You can do those things by your own will. They don't understand salvation is of God. When you understand salvation is of God and there was nothing righteous in you before God chose you and opened your eyes, 
And then you followed God after he opened your eyes. When you understand salvation is by the will of God and not your own will, not anything that you did, but what God did. When you understand that, then I think you can have charity. For charity is basically being kind to a person when they don't deserve to have you be kind. Because we remember that we didn't deserve kindness of God, but he was kind to us. So we have pity on the other person who is not of God. And we certainly pray for God to have mercy on that person and to open the eyes of that person. Jude verses 17 through 19. But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers, copiers, imitators in the last time. These will be people who join the church, but they just try to be religious. They copy people that they think to be religious, and they imitate those people, but they're not born of the Spirit. And Jude goes on and says, There shall be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. They separate themselves, supposedly, from the world. They go to church. They imitate people that they consider to be godly but they don't have the Spirit of God leading them from inside, which makes them righteous. And these churchgoers of this type are often very rigid. 1 Corinthians 13 talks about charity. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, says Paul, and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal, basically vain and valueless. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly, Seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. It's not that charity approves sin. It's not that charity supports 
those who go along and sin and go against the Bible. If such a person should ask us if we support, for example, homosexuals, what do we tell that person? Hopefully we go to Romans chapter 1 and show them what God has to say about homosexuals and reflect God to them that because of God, no, we don't support homosexual acts because of what God tells us in the Bible. But it's simply because it's against the will of God. And that's the reason we do not support, assist homosexuals, though we are kind to homosexuals. And we realize homosexuals can be saved just like drunkards can be saved. It all depends on God. If God opens their eyes to see that what they're doing is sin, then they understand and their eyes are open to sin, and God causes them to be born again of his spirit, and they are changed from that point on. If you share that homosexual is against God, please also share the scripture that goes along with it. Don't just say, no, I'm against homosexuals because God is against homosexuals or because it's ungodly, share the scripture. Share the word of God if you say that you are against something. Share the word of God. Romans chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also, the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. I had a cleaning woman one time, and she asked me what I thought about homosexuals. And I simply took the Bible and said, this is what God says about it and read to her Romans chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. And then she said, well, but what about on the talk shows where homosexuals say they were just born that way? I didn't have an answer for her at that time, but a few days later, God gave me an answer for her, and I shared this with her. Mark chapter 10, verse 6. Jesus says, from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. From the beginning of creation, they were made either male or female. 
those who are homosexuals and lesbians were turned over by God to these vile affections. And it says because they did not choose to keep God in their knowledge. That's Romans chapter 1. So it's not what we think. It is what God has to say about the subject that is important. So I do encourage you, if a homosexual or lesbian should ask you what you think about it, take the Bible and read what God has to say about it rather than just saying, I'm against it because I'm a Christian. Tell them the reason. Give them the actual scripture. Don't just quote, say, Romans 1, but read it to them. Give them a chance to know the truth. Perhaps God will open their eyes to the truth at that second. That is the way we are born again. There is no way that we go along with sin against God, nor support sin against God. If someone asks us, we tell them what the Bible says. Or we speak whatever word is given us by the Holy Spirit of God. Charity rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. That's uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 6. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never fails. But where there be prophecies, they shall fail. Where there be tongues, they shall cease. Where there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. But charity never fails. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, says Paul, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. Now verse 13. And now abideth faith, hope, charity. These three, but the greatest of these is charity. Even greater than faith, says Paul. Salvation is of God. He chooses us. We don't choose God. You may think you chose God, but really, if that happened and it was genuine, God opened your eyes so that you could understand something of God, and then you chose God. But first, God opened your eyes and gave you understanding. I delivered a message one time to a Catholic woman on the subject of call no man father. That's uh, Matthew chapter 23 where Jesus said that. She said, 
I don't understand this message. And I said, I can only deliver the message. I cannot give you understanding. Understanding comes from God. I've had people who were saved because I spoke truth of God to them. And I've had people turn away in anger over what I spoke to them. Had they bowed down before God and said, Oh, please give me understanding, I suspect they would have been saved. But God hardens whom he will, just like he did with Pharaoh. And whom he will, he has mercy, says Paul in Romans chapter 9. This is a great mystery. But we come to understand we did nothing worthy to be saved. It was all God's will. And he chose us, each individual. And he added us to the church after he chose us and gave us his spirit, causing us to be born again so we could see things of God. Well, if he did that for us, how can we puff up over someone who is a homosexual or lesbian or drunkard? How can we do that? If salvation is of God, how can we puff up thinking they just could do this if they wanted to do it? No, they can't because it is of God and he will have mercy on whom he will have mercy and whom he will. He hardeneth, says Paul in Romans chapter 9. Mostly what I find is gratitude toward God. I am very grateful that he allowed me to be a Christian. Gratitude. And I believe charity is a part of that because we know we were not worthy to be saved. So how can we expect others to be worthy to be saved? When we bristle against them and puff up against them because they don't do the things of God, it's like we think that they can do it if they want to do it. But that, I don't find to be scriptural by reading the New Testament Bible. Romans 9, Ephesians 1, these things show us that salvation's of God. Therefore, God says, I will have mercy on those to whom I will have mercy, and whom I will, I will harden. And I've seen it go both ways when I've spoken truth to individuals. Some become angry at the truth and flee. Others actually hear the truth. Their eyes are opened by God to the word of truth, and they are born again. My mother followed horoscopes all her life. And when she was about 78, 79, I was at her house one day, 
I opened her kitchen cabinets and I saw a set of horoscope mugs that I had given her before I was born again. I took a garbage bag and began putting those mugs in a garbage bag and my mother was sitting there watching me. I didn't say a word. When she realized what I was about to do, she said, don't, no, no, don't, I don't do, don't throw those away. I want to keep those. You gave those to me. I still didn't say a word. I went outside my mother's house, took the bag of Zodiac mugs, took them to the dumpster in the alley, broke the mugs on the side of the dumpster, and threw the broken pieces in the bag into the dumpster and went back into the house. My mother was sitting there and said nothing. I didn't say anything. I just went to my bedroom and got my Bible and came back and opened my Bible and read the following scripture to my mother. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 9. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you any one that maketh his son or daughter pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. I closed the Bible, and I didn't say anything. And my mother was silent for maybe a minute. And she was thinking about what I'd read to her. And then she said, Well, I guess we'd better not do that anymore. She was born again at that second. I went back to Dallas, where I was living at the time. My uncle wrote to me and said, Your mother's changed. She's really changed. That's what being born again is. When you hear the word of truth on any subject in the Bible, when you hear the word of truth and God opens your eyes to the truth, he chooses you. And when you hear that truth and have been given understanding by God, you'll be born again. It is God revealing himself to us and opening our eyes to understand the truth. And that causes us to be born again and changed. One of my neighbors, a man named Gordon, told me this story. He had always hated his stepmother. For years, he hated his stepmother. And he said one day he was just sitting out on his porch. 
and something happened to him. And he realized, this is no good to hate my stepmother. And he was changed immediately. God opened his eyes to give up this hatred, causing Gordon to be born again. There's a Baptist woman that I went to high school with, and years later, I was talking with her, and I told her that my dad had been born again, and she didn't believe me. And I said, I got a letter from him saying, please come and visit him, and we'd go to church. Then she believed. When we are born again, we are changed. My dad was one of those people that looked like he was a Christian because of the way he lived. He just did extremely kind things all his life. But in the end, I know he definitely was born again. I'm not sure at which moment he was born again, but I know he was. Very often, before we are born again, we don't want to go to church. We kind of go because we think it might be the right thing to do. But after we're born again, we want to be with the people of God, and we think the people of God are at the church group. So we want to go to church. We want to hear things of God after God has changed us. Not before God has changed us, after God has changed us and given us his spirit. Ephesians chapter 1, let's close with that today. Start at verse 11. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believe, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. It was after we heard the word from God, after we heard that word of truth, we believed after we heard the word of truth and God sealed us with the Holy Spirit of promise at that time. But God chose us, opening our eyes so that we could see, giving us understanding so that we could be safe. Salvation is of God. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.